Hello, everybody. This is your favorite Tyrant's Grasp after episode podcast, Dice and Salt. That's Lady Toast, Hello. Lord Richter, giving you your episode by episode commentary. Awesome. I guess uh, I guess we should start out by uh, telling these people who we are and why we're doing this. Yeah, sounds good. Do you want to kick us off? Sure. I am Lord Richter, purveyor of Power Dice, and I have been playing uh, tabletop RPGs since <sighs> right around 1980. A lot of games, a lot of stuff. Uh, Dungeons & Dragons was my first and is still my, my favorite. Uh, so Pathfinder is an easy... Uh, Easy transition and is, you know, basically the same game. Don't tell anybody. Uh, <laughs> I have been listening to the guys uh, at Inspired Incompetence uh, since their Skull and Shackles days. Uh, I think when I joined, they were on episode 20 or 25 of Skull and Shackles. And uh, I caught up. And then in October of that year, I became a patron. And I've been following them ever since. I, I love what they do. Oh, gosh, sometime in there I started live listen commentaries uh, in their Discord chat. And uh, that's how I caught Lady Toast's attention. Yep, I am Lady Toast. Uh, I've been listening to Inspired Incompetence since about, I want to say episode 80 or 90, somewhere in that range. I found them a little later. And... I found them because I was looking for a pirate podcast, an actual play, and uh, honestly, they were the, one of the best around. I listened to them, found I really, really liked their play style. And so, uh, after a couple months of listening, I also became a patron for them, and I've been listening to them ever since. I guess my history with tabletop role-playing games didn't actually start until almost after college. I knew they existed. I never had friends that wanted to play them, so I never really got a chance um, but once I got started, I, I dove in head first. <laughs> should tell everyone why we're doing this podcast. We've decided that uh, your live commentary every week should be shared with everybody because it's very funny. And so we've decided to, uh, to put it on a podcast. Yeah, we've decided to get together, put it in a, uh, a podcast, talk about the episodes together. Both of us can listen to the episode, and then we're going to talk about all that crazy stuff that we want to talk about that you know we got out of the episode. And we're looking to do 30-minute episodes, maybe 45 minutes if it's really exciting. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And occasionally we're going to have some kind of guest come on, mostly uh, the players, you know, GM Alex. We might have some fans do some stuff with us. We're just, you know, we're excited to get it going. And then whoever we can talk into, uh, you know, coming on and, and talking with us, we're going to put them up in front of the mic. Sounds like a plan. Hopefully we can get more than just the players on. It'd be nice to get other commentary from, from people listening. Yep. Yep. If you hear this, Sky, Sky, some, we are, we are thinking of you here. <laughs> yes. So since we don't have an actual episode to talk about this week, um, Inspired Incompetence has currently just wrapped up their uh, their adventures in book three. Uh, we figured we'd give a brief rundown of the first three books of the podcast, and then in two weeks' time, when they start releasing episodes for book four, that's when we'll do our episode-by-episode -episode commentary. So this is more of a who we are, why we're doing it kind of thing. So the AP that the guys are playing is Tyrant's Grasp. 
And uh, as Toast said, they just finished book three, so they're halfway through the AP. If, if you're listening to this and you haven't listened to it, I guess we can catch you up real quick, but I would encourage you to go back and listen to the episodes. They are fantastic and slightly horrifying, as you will hear in a second. But uh, I guess we can start with, uh, well, the beginning. Book one is called The Dead Roads. Our favorite players wake up inside a tomb. They find out they're not, they're not dead, but, you know, they come out of coffins. Uh, they have to travel through a tomb, through several levels, fight several enemies. And when they get out, they discover they're actually in the boneyard, but they don't feel dead. <laughs> and that's right. That, that's the boneyard, Phrasma's Place of the Dead. Where you're getting judged. This is the afterlife, baby. Yeah. Almost like purgatory, in a sense. It's just fields and fields of graves. But uh, with, no, with nothing else to do, they go along the road and they end up meeting two psychopomps named Umble and Thoot, who attempt to help them on their way. Um, but they need a favor first, and they are directed to a ghost version of the town that they originally came from called Rosser's Coffer uh, and find it to be full of spirits from the town, which they need to help accept that they have in fact died. Uh, they also meet a woman by the name of McTana, who is voiced by Miss Perry, uh, who is GM Alex's lovely wife. She does a fantastic job and she tells them that they need to simply accept their death come to her palace and she will kill them and and it will be quite painless and balance will be restored obviously the pcs don't want to die and they would like to go home and so they are moved to the dead roads where they have to collect three stamps of passage from three different way stations before they can get back to the material plane the first of which is uncomfortable for me because it is called the palace of teeth it is literally what it says on the box. It is a palace covered in teeth, and it made me very uncomfortable. It took me months to listen through these episodes, and I had to do it in broad daylight because I'm not good with squeamish stuff. <laughs> I'm just not. <sighs> and yes, the Palace of Teeth was populated by tooth fairies. Oh, yes, it was all tooth fairies. And, and and the the worst part about it is that in combat, when the players fought these tooth fairies, they didn't hurt them. They didn't, like, swing swords at them or, or, or cast spells at them. No, they literally took little pliers and pulled out teeth. And because GM Alex is such a stickler for detail, he got out a guide and picked which teeth got pulled from which person. Because he's, he's clearly just mean. Evil. 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 <laughs> and he, he, he's torturing both his players and the listeners by making me listen to that. But they eventually persevere. They, Most of them get most of their teeth back by the end, I believe. And uh, they move on to a palace called Nine Eves, run by a very eccentric character, which I highly encourage everyone to go back and listen to. He is fantastic. Yeah, Nine Eves is, is the one sort of break in the horror Mm -hmm. uh, the excellent, you know, gloomy nature of the AP to this point. And, and as delivered by Alex, there's comedy, there's a thing, it's kind of a, a, a breath you take 
along the journey, which is, is much appreciated when you get to this point. I, I personally loved Nine Eves. It was, it was definitely the, uh, the high point of the, of the book for me, which is good because it came right after the low point. <laughs> after Nine Eves, they move on to a place called the Scriptorium. In the Scriptorium, uh, they had to fight the person that had replaced the library. I forget the, uh, NPC's name. They had yeah. to fight her. They also each had to face sort of their own uh, issues to get there. Right. Um, right. So there was there was some really heavy, great, but really heavy character development there. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's totally worth it, but it is uh, it, it's intense. It was uh, I, well loved. It's more of a psychological. Yeah. Rather than a physical torment. Right. Right. <laughs> and it's 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 also different from the the horror nature of the ap too i mean it it, it piles on great alex and the guys do a great job of doing it like i said it's a little different but it piles on it's it's just oh it just kind of still hits you though yeah it definitely does after that they get back on the dead roads and find a skull palace surrounded by flowers death bower which is death bower which is where McTana lives. She has decided if the players aren't going to come to her, then she's going to come to them. And so they have to fight their way through her palace and eventually through her herself in order to uh, get to the end of the Dead Roads where they meet a very nice character named Barzak. Very, very nicely sends them home. (laughs) He's very kind. They go right home. Yep. So when the players come off the Dead Roads and are now home, they're in Rossler's coffer. They arrive and they find that the town is covered in this yellow poisonous fog. The town is destroyed and it's in bad shape. I think they're immediately attacked by like a, a zombie elk or something. They're immediately attacked by a monster. It's a weird hybrid type monster that's patched together. It's like a gorilla with tentacles, but it's great. They mm-hmm. meet a one survivor, Yondo. And yes. Yondo is awesome, and Yondo's fandos are born. That is the, the birth of a movement right there. You're absolutely right. <laughs> so, in the town, in the course of going in, they find they have more restless spirits to deal with, and things to resolve for the spirits to let them go. They also discover there's Whispering Way cultists that are attempting to thwart them, and they go through this, they clean up the town, and finally they go, man, there's only one place we haven't gone, and they go to the graveyard, and they have to face a Melakake, which is a spirit creature born of traumatic emotions of the dying. And they're like, oh my god. It's like the good version, though, because they do end up fighting the bad version later on. Uh, That's true. That's true. They, they fight the, ooh, I forget what they're called. It's a giant ball of faces built from all the sadness from the town rather than the hope. <laughs> so you get both ends of that, which is nice. Uh, yes, yes. So they go into, they defeat this thing, they get into the graveyard, and realize that the only place they haven't checked to look for a way out is the tomb. Back into the tomb. Back into the tomb! So they go back into the tomb, and in their first journey down, Thelias gets killed. Ripped in half. <laughs> ripped in half. Just horrific. GM Alex is solely responsible. He's a terrible, terrible guy. It was it was a flagrant abuse of, of power dice, is what it was. It was a flagrant abuse of power dice. Absolutely. Anyway, after Thelias' death, go back in, 
They have to deal with some more stuff, fight some more folks, battle their way all the way back to where they, uh, to them, feels like where they came out of, back to their mm-hmm. coffins, where they uncover a secret passage that goes underground and gets them to the Temple of Light, which yep. is, I think, just outside the fog. And in the Temple of Light, they now have to deal with the Whispering Way cultists. They meet the head cultist. They have to fight evil juju zombie versions of themselves, except for Randolph, who's a new character who's appeared, which is the replacement for Thalias. He has to fight Nundet Thalias. <laughs> and then they, yep. in the course of uncovering that, they find out the source of the fog. It's a crystal. It's in some sort of magical field. They figure out how to mess with the field, disrupt it, smash the crystal, lift the fog. And finally, back, ready to go to a place where there's people. And boom! The lady in red shows up and talks to them and offers them a deal, gives them a carriage. It's kind of an odd deal, though. It's an odd deal. The guys are skeptical and, yeah. uh, you know, decide, all right, well, we're going to hit the road. We're not sure what we're doing with her, but she's way too tough for us to fight. So as long <laughs> as she wants to talk, that's good. Yeah. And off they go down the road. Yep. Uh, well, along the road, they meet Vipira's mother. Yes. Uh, not fun. But uh, they end up arriving in Vigil without, you know, any issues. Uh, they attempt to alert the authorities. Um, Sito, the commander of the Knights of Iomade. Is that their name? The Knights of Osam. So they attempt to alert the authorities. Yep. And Aluna. They, uh, also Aluna at the Sancta Iomade. Yep. They attempt to alert the authorities. Sito uh, with the Knights of Osam. Aluna with the Sancta Sancta. Sancta. Sanctiviomide. I know I'm going to pronounce it wrong every time, uh, but they're basically rebuffed. They say, you know, you have no proof. If you can get us proof, then, you know, we might take you seriously. Otherwise, we have too much going on. Um, and so, in order to get that proof, they find a, a witness, but they're out at a way station outside of town. So they take a trip. When they get there, do they discover that everyone there has been killed? But they do find a couple of links. The attackers are apparently linked to a particular artifact from the original quest to kill or imprison the Whispering Tyrant. Uh, I believe the Shield of Iomade, which is broken up into pieces and kept inside the the city castle. Uh, that leads them to a armorer who apparently made a duplicate. And when they arrive at her shop, they find it completely engulfed in flames. They fight their way through it, rescue her, realize that she was commissioned by a group of crows, black crows, six six crows. The Yeah, the, the six crows are trying to take her out, Yep. but they're not the ones that commissioned her to do the shield from 20 years ago or something like that. They're just a, they're, they were just a middleman, essentially. Yep, yep. Yeah, so they find the, the link to this gang, which leads them to an ink shop, or an ink factory, where, unfortunately, Yando dies. Heartbreaking. But but good news. It is heartbreaking, but good news. The guys insist on resurrecting Yando. They do. They, do. they take him back to the sanct. So he's he's not gone. Nope. They take him back, they, they get him raised up, and they're like... You know, either you've you just had a very traumatic experience. You literally just died. Wait here. We're gonna go back and explore the the factory because they didn't finish their exploration. They just left, like you do. And so when they get back to the factory, they find a way into the sewers. And when exploring down there, they find out that 
there's much more underneath Vigil than anyone realized. There's a whole cave system, and going through it, they find a just completely, well, what was once abandoned, but is no longer abandoned. It's now occupied by Black Knights, a, a temple, and they fight their way through it. And when they reach the boss, the head Black Knight, there is a just massive earthquake, you know, and they're all knocked out. They end up in this very bizarre place where, where for the third time, they find themselves waking up in the tomb, <laughs> in Rossler's tomb, uh, which turns out to be a mindscape. They make their way out of it. They, they leave the temple, go back up to the sewers, and they find that the sewers themselves are now completely open to the sky. And when they get out, they find the town of Vigil in utter ruins. Population unknown. Indeed. They're uh, trying to figure out where to go, looking all around. They realize that the Sanctiviamide is still somewhat standing. It's the largest thing still standing. Uh, And they make their way there, and while they're doing, they see this thing flying overhead. It doesn't attack them, but, like, it's creepy. Uh, they Once they reach the Sanct and fight their way past the undead gathering there, they learn that it's called the Haunting Dark, and that it is, in fact, preventing anyone from leaving the city. It, it doesn't attack anyone in the city, but it kills you if you try to leave. And so in order to get out of the city, they're going to have to kill it. So Eluna and Sito went down into the crypts to find Iomide's Needle, which is a ballista bolt that they believe could kill the creature. And while they're down there, they find Sito, who unfortunately has been corrupted and attacks the party. And while they do manage to kill Sito, she kills Vipira, which is our third death. Luckily, we get the uh, the arrival of a character named Argenis, and then they make their way down to hopefully save Aluna, who has been essentially kidnapped in a magic prison by a demon. They kill him, free her, and manage to get all the way back up to the Sanct, with the needle. With the needle that they need. And the PCs decide that they're going to clear the way because they, they know of a boat that can get everyone out of town. And it's, it, it happens to be on the way to the only ballista tower remaining. And so the PCs set out. They fight a couple of zombies. They fight a couple of skeletons. And then they are attacked by none other than an undead Yando, who has now been turned into a baycock. It is a betrayal on levels hitherto unknown by GM Alex. Absolutely. He just, he turns on us. On us, the loyal fans. He turns on us. And in one fell swoop, he wipes out the Fandos. They're gone. Nothing left. They manage to drive Yando off. Uh, they, They do end up making it to the tower. They manage to kill the Haunting Dark. And they get the survivors from the Sanct and whoever's left of Vigil onto the boat where they are going to face, I assume, more trials and tribulations in Book 4. <laughs> and that that catches us up, folks. Yeah. As as we go forward, though, we're not going to be running through this uh, super fast. We're going to, like I said, ep- it's going to be episode by episode. We're going to talk about it. We're going to have our reactions, our thoughts, our crazy ideas about what's coming next. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we hope you enjoy it. And we hope you would uh, come find us on the Discord. The you know, Inspired Incompetence has their own Discord. Come tell us what you like. Come tell us what you don't like, you know? Yeah, and you can get to the Discord by going to inspiredincompetence.com, and a link to the Discord is there. Mm-hmm. And if you're already on the Discord and you're listening to our craziness, feel free to tell us what you like and what you don't like. We're not going to listen to you, but feel free to tell us. <laughs> we'll listen. I'll listen. Richter might not. That's fine. I listen to everyone. <laughs> I just don't pay any attention. 
<laughs> and I over-listen to everyone and take everything to heart. So, you know, be nice. <laughs> Going forward, our plan is to uh, release our episodes Mondays, the Friday after Inspired Incompetence releases their episode. That way you have time to listen to the episode, and then you can listen to us talk about it. I don't think there's anything else for us this week. No, I think we're, we're good. Thanks for listening to our intro, and we will see you uh, next week. Two weeks. Oh, sorry, two weeks. When we get that uh, first episode of Book 4. Yes, I am, I am very much looking forward to Book 4. We'll see you guys then.